Welcome to episode number three of the Grab Blogger podcast, where we help academics build businesses and change the world through blogging, podcasting, and video. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we're talking about causing a ruckus. We're talking about creating the change that you want to see in the world through your blogging, through your podcasting, through your video creation, and through creating that platform online. So those of you that have been following along, you'll note the first three episodes of the podcast have focused on what I call the three C's to building a business around blogging. The first is content. You need to get good at creating content and you need to really practice that muscle of creating, impressing, releasing to the world. The second step is creating a community around your work. This is not necessarily a paid community, it could be, but it's really actually creating a feeling or a group of people that really believe in what you're doing. And we'll talk a little bit in, in a couple of minutes about what that might look like. And then the third step, and this step is not really for the faint of heart, but it's, it's thinking about the change you want to see in the world. So there will become a time, and for some people it might be at the very start. For me, it wasn't. It took a year or two of actually blogging, putting material into the world before I saw it. But I realized that I could actually make a difference for what I was doing. With this community, with this platform, with the content I was putting out, I realized that I could actually target something that I wanted to achieve in the world and actually go about setting and doing that. And we'll talk a bit about my story and how that looks as well. So before we get into that, I want to talk about an idea that I first came across when reading the book Tribes by Seth Godin. And he has, this is a really, a really narrow, a really thin book, um, a quick read, but it's got a ton of really, really useful information. Um, and in it, he outlines what he calls the anatomy of a movement. And this is synonymous in, in his words as, as causing a ruckus, doing this really big, hairy, scary thing that you want to do in the world. So he says there's three things to anatomy and movement. One is is a common narrative to what you're trying to achieve. The second is connection between the community. And third is is actually giving that community something to do. And if you'll kind of notice this maps really well to our three C's. So the common narrative is your platform, is the content you're creating. Whether it is written content through a blog, whether it's podcasting, whether it's video, that provides that common narrative that you're putting out into the world. Then building a community on top of that, people that really believe in what you're doing, people that really want to get involved and also be seen as as part of that community is really the second step of the anatomy of a, a movement. Then this third step, this something to do, this is the change part. So once you have this kind of group, once you have this material that you're putting out, you can say, well, okay, what can I actually do in the world to make change? And that's really what we're about here at Grabblogger. So how can you build a business from blogging about your research or blind boy your expertise, and then use that to actually change something to do in the world. So that's really this third step, this something to do. So I want to take a moment to talk about one of the biggest fears that I, I commonly hear from people when they're they're thinking about starting to blog or podcast about their about their research area, and that's the the fear of being too niche, being too small, having too small of an audience. Maybe that won't convert well into a business, or maybe nobody will come to your blog in the first place. But I always encourage people to to actually start as small as you can. It's a lot easier to start really small and work your way out than it is to start really broad and kind of dial your way back in. And I'll give you an example because the, the amount of change you can actually put into the world that's whole causing a ruckus is inversely proportional to, to the size of your audience. So if you try to blog to everyone that does history research or everyone that does um, science research, then you're going to struggle to make a, a really big impactful change in those, that audience's life. Instead, say you, you niche down geographically and you blog only to families where both parents are academics, where they're tenure track, say, professors, and they have children, and they're located in the Midwest, well, then you can actually probably change kind of their whole summer, maybe even the whole childhood of those children, 
and that family, telling them what they can do with their family, um, how they can best make use of their summer vacations or whatever uh, makes most sense for that audience. Save you dialing is even further and you blog only to single mothers who have children with autism. Well, you may be able to change that, that family's entire life. You may be able to show them, well, here's the best place to, to get help when you need it. Here's the cheapest way to do activities or to get, uh, say, drugs or treatment or anything like that. You can actually go about changing their entire life. So that's what I mean when I say that the, the amount of change you put into the world, into people's lives, is inversely proportional or um, goes up the smaller audience that you go. So it's really important to, to try to niche down as much as you can, especially at the start. And in my, my recommendation, a great place to start is the thing you're doing every day, the journal papers you're reading every day, the academic research that you're trying to do, because we all know that only you know five or six or seven people are going to read our PhD thesis. It's a very small niche, and that's where I started and then worked my way up. So with that, I want to talk a bit about my story about Dreaming Big. So any of you that have listened to the first podcast episode and the second, which I'd, I'd encourage you to go listen to, um, or even to go listen to the show notes at grabblogger.com slash one and slash two, that's number one and two, you'll know a bit about my story. I started blogging in late 2016 about my, my academic research, about research involving dust explosions, which is a subclass of industrial safety, which would be a subclass of, of industrial engineering or industri- or chemical engineering. So very, very, very niche. I don't even blog about all explosions that are happening, only ones that involve solid particulate powders and materials. So I started blogging in 2016 about that. I started to build a community throughout 2017, started to monetize late 2017. We'll talk about a lot of that in this podcast moving forward. But the part I want to talk about that relates to, to creating a change and causing a ruckus is early 2018. I was coming to the end of my thesis. I'd started writing in December of 2017 and took me three or four months to, to get the thesis put together. But I was really starting to see what the impact of building this, this blog could be and what building this whole company could be, my independent research company, DustX Research. And I started to see that I can actually make a change in the world. So on April 16th, 2018, I defended my PhD thesis. It was a, uh, a Monday. On the 17th, the incorporation went through for my company. I didn't really plan it this way, but it just happened to be the next day that DustX Research became a corporate entity. And then the following Monday after that, I traveled to the largest trade show in powder handling industries in North America. This was the, the Powder and Bulk Solids International Powder Show. And in it, I actually launched my, my company and our big idea, which was something I'd been, been thinking about since actually starting to create content in this area. That was a, a global worldwide tracking platform or tracking database for dust explosions. We're looking at what the effects are on workers, what the effects are on the facilities involved, generating lessons learned, and getting an idea how we can stop these from actually happening, stop them from killing people. So my goal and my mission with, with DustX Research is to have a year with zero fatalities worldwide by 2038, so over the next 20-year period. And with the incident database, with the Dust Safety Science website, and with the podcast, we're really searching, okay, how, how bad are things right now? How many are happening? Turns out that in the United States, we have anywhere between 30 and 50 industrial dust explosions a year. Um, and worldwide, we're, we're seeing numbers reported around dozens of, of people being fatally injured. And that could be up to an order of magnitude or maybe even two orders of magnitude higher because dust explosions are so underreported in most parts of the world. So that was the, the big change I dreamed up. And this was from my, my expert opinion roundup post I talked about 
in episode one, episode two of the podcast, where I brought on a bunch of experts, saw what the issues were, and I really got to see that the, the issues that we have in North America, even in Canada, is are different than the issues that we have in the United States. They're different than the issues that we have in Africa, they're different than the issues we have in Brazil, and that I could be that kind of global connection between all those different groups. I could also advocate on a government level with my research with as being an independent research company on what was needed. I could be that connection that could really drive industry to participate better with the people that are providing safety equipment, safety services, and also really provide a, a conduit for research, researchers like myself that are at university groups to do research that's more aligned with what's needed by industry. So this was my, my big thought and my big idea. And I was, needless to say, pretty nervous when I went to this conference because I had presented lots during my, my academic career but never in front of this kind of industry group or a trade association type group. And I actually dialed back this message. So I actually read Tribes twice before going to this conference, and I almost deleted my slides so that this was our goal, that I want to see zero fatalities over the next 20-year period, and this is how we're going to do it. And twice I'd removed it from my slide deck, and before going, I said, no, I got to keep it in because otherwise, how am I going to know if this is actually going to be accepted? So I went and got on the center stage, front of a couple hundred people and said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to change the world. We're going to stop dust explosions from killing people all over the, the globe. And that was a really scary thing. That was my change that I, I launched since April of 2018 into the world. And that's what we've been working towards. Since doing that, the, the website Dust Safety Science, we've recorded over 500 dust fires, dust explosions. Um, we've done a lot of independent research and brought that in trying to figure out, well, how bad is the actual problem? How, how are some ways that we can fix it? We've done a lot of working with university groups, um, and the website's really grown. We get 4,000 unique visitors a month now, 8,500 page views, and this is all on a blog that's focused on dust explosions, this really small niche. So we're really building up this really powerful platform to be able to put this change in the world. So that's my, my dream big story. I want to give you three tips for how you can go about changing the world. As I said when you start, you're not, well, maybe you will have a good idea what the changes that you want to see. And that's great. And write that down because I tried to do that. And this current version of my mission is actually a, from a bunch of previous ones. But I, it was hard to even imagine I could be in the, a place where people would reach out to me from Sweden, from Germany, from Japan, say, what is your opinion on how we can, we can solve this problem? What are we doing in North America that we could be doing in, in Australia? Or what are they doing in Australia we could do here? So I just want to put that in there that it is going to be a process. It's going to be hard to believe that you can be the authority. You can have that kind of personal brand that brings you to the forefront of your research area. But blogging, podcasting, creating a website, creating a platform can do that. And that's really what we're trying to show you through Grabblogger, what I'm trying to show you and hope that you'll you'll achieve. So I have three tips for how you can go about changing the world. Um, the first is to surround yourself with smart people. And you've probably heard this before, but it's hard to figure that out. For me, the podcast is this. I now have a position where I can email anyone in the world that's an expert in combustible dust and say, what are your thoughts? Would you like to get on a call and discuss with an interview? We'll tape it and put it out to the, the larger community. And people are really receptive, especially once you get the ball rolling. Once you have a couple of big people on your podcast, that's a lot easier to reach out to others. And now I kind of have a lineup and just managing the number of people that want to be on the podcast is actually pretty tough. That's the way that I can surround myself with smart people. Now when I actually go to an event, to a conference, you know, I'm hanging out with the, the right people that are really at the forefront of figuring this out and sitting down and having those conversations, having those phone calls. So that's one way you can surround yourself with smart people. 
Um, it doesn't have to be the podcast. The expert opinion roundup post that I did was a great way to do this as well. And just having your own platform online where you can discuss these topics is a great first step. So the second tip I want to share is be willing to ask questions. And I got this kind of tip. Well, I got this way of saying it from Jordan Harbinger, who was part of a, a big podcast before and now is actually doing his own podcast, which I'd recommend checking out. But he used to always say in the, the previous podcast that he didn't know the answers, but he's willing to ask the questions. So you get these people on and ask and say, well, I don't actually know the answer to this, but I'm willing to ask the question. And I say that in my podcast actually quite a bit as well, looking at um, what is the best way to approach handling combustible dust safely. I don't know the answers yet. I'm really fishing for them, but I am willing to ask the questions and to find the people to ask the questions to. Then the third tip to changing the world is listen more than you talk. So you surround yourself with smart people, you're willing to ask questions, but then you actually need to sit back and be willing to listen to the answers. And I came across a really good quote on this the other day when I was reading, um, if, you, if I Understood You, Would I Have This Look on My Face by Alan Alda. It's a good, it's a good book for science communication. First half is, is a little bit drawn out, but the second half has a lot of great tips. But the quote I really liked, and, and I'm paraphrasing a bit, is he says, in communication, unless I'm willing to be changed by you, I'm probably not really listening. But if I do listen, open, naively, and innocently, there's a chance, possibly the only chance, that true dialogue and real communication can take place. When I read this, it actually kind of struck a chord with me, especially the line, unless I'm willing to be changed by you. So I've actually started now when I get in a conversation, or if I'm doing a, a, a discussion online, or even if I'm talking to a friend or, or my, my wife or a spouse, I, I actually think about this. I try to think, will this conversation change me? Or I, I try to just think in my head, I will let you change me through this conversation. It actually gets me to tune in to that conversation more. It gets me to be kind of as open-minded. So those are the, the three tips that you really need to be thinking about if you, if you want to change the world. Surround yourself with really smart people. And again, this for me, this is my podcast. Um, hopefully this podcast can help you as well with that. Be prepared to ask questions and ask um, really good questions even when you don't know the answers, and listen more than you talk. So you really want to sit back and take that information in and try to do something with it at the end of the day. So, so far in this episode, we, we talked about what the anatomy of a movement is, what you need to actually cause a ruckus in your space, which is a common narrative, connection between you and the community, between the community and themselves, and to give them something to do. And this is really the change, the, the vector, the target for the whole community and this movement that you're trying to create. We talked about not being scared to to niche really far down, especially at the start. It gives you a really great starting place where you can really wrap your hands around a full topic and become seen as that expert. Also encourage you to to dream big. I shared a bit about my story, our mission with uh, zero fatalities worldwide by 2038, so over the next 20-year period in my industry. And I want to encourage you to, to think about what kind of big things you can achieve in your blog or with your work as well, because it's a really important step to, to making that kind of next phase into what you're going to do with your, your blog and your business. And I gave you some tips on how you can go about changing the world. I want to close out this podcast episode with a, another story. And this story, I think, is a really important part. And it's not for everyone. And building a business by creating a blog or building an online business also isn't for everyone. There are people that are doing it just for science communication, doing it to help get their research out there, and that's really good as well. But I want to share the story because it's influenced the way I've thought about what I can do and how I can do it with my business and really about the whole aspect of, of building a business and what monetization looks like. So this, this story is about nine letters. It's three words, nine letters, and it's art pays me. 
So in March of 2018, before I went to this conference and before I actually launched the Combustible Dust Instant Database at dustsafetyscience.com, I was really confused about the technology of it all. We actually have put in a year almost 500 blog posts up on the website, just the whole indexing and searching and SEO strategy that I didn't know about or didn't know what to do. So I reached out to a local kind of expert that I know, and he put me in touch with somebody who I should talk to. So in March of 2018, I, I sat down at the library here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, with a with a local guy who's really big in the space. His name's Mike Tanner. Um, and he's, he's really knowledgeable in online marketing, in online business, in helping people with these sort of strategies. And when I sat down, I was kind of intrigued. He's, his his uh, company's One Red Cat Media, and he had just a red shirt on, a red sweater on, actually, and it had these three words, art pays me. And I hadn't really seen this brand before, and it was just, it was just striking to see. But I didn't really ask him about it. It wasn't until actually January of this year, so last month at the time of recording, that I learned more about this art pays me. I saw a presentation given by Dwayne Jones, another, another local guy here in Halifax, and artpaysme.com is actually his website. And his presentation was all about how he was struggling. He was into the fine arts and he wanted to be an artist. And his entire life, he had this vision of this kind of starving artist, artist as being the, the norm in the space. And how hard it is to actually become a, a fine arts person in this area. And, and to do that while you're, you're being the starving artist. So in Dwayne's presentation, he went one step further, saying that any content creators, anybody who's doing a blog, a podcast, or a video, is an artist. And the whole point of this presentation is that we, we don't need more starving artists. We don't need more starving artists that aren't getting their stuff out there, aren't getting their content out there. We all deserve to be paid for what we're creating and the change we're putting into the world. And that was a really striking way to, to put that. And these, these nine letters, these three words, are something I kind of took to heart, especially with my business. So I run a business from dustsafetyscience.com. I do that to generate income so I can accelerate and increase the change that I have in the world. So if I want to go to a conference in Chicago, I can do that because my business makes money. If I want to go internationally and talk to people or pay for podcast hosting or any of these things, I can do it because I built a business behind my independent research company. So yes, we are mission-driven. Yes, we are goal-driven. But we needed some sort of income generation in order to be independent, in order to actually have this be a business and actually have it be something that can change the world. And this all comes back to this kind of art pays me story. So I was pretty pretty stunned when I saw these letters, and I thought they were really important. And I'd encourage you to check out his website. It's artpaysme.com. He also has a, a really good podcast, um, Changing the Narrative here locally in Halifax. But it was, it was really just these three words that really kind of influenced me. And you could think about it as research pays me, if that's a, a good way to think about it for your work. But we're all, we're all really artists. We're all, if we're creating this content, putting out there, we're all doing this. And a necessary part of that is not to be the starving artist, or at least in my opinion, not to be the starving artist. So maybe you can do it if you have a, a full-time job and you do science communication on the side. But there's also a really powerful way to do this where this becomes your core business. You become the, the leader in this kind of independent research framework. That's what I'm here to, to teach you with Grabblogger. I want to leave you with one last quote, and this is from Leap First, again by Seth Godin. I, I'm a pretty big fan of a lot of his books. And this quote, he, he talks about shipping and creating content in the world. I really, I had it on my wall for over a year. Every time he goes to put something, a new book or something in the world, he, he thinks about it this way. Here, I made this. I hope it changes you. Here, I made this. I hope you find it useful. 
here I made this, I hope to be able to make something again. So this, again, this comes back to the starving artist. We're all creating content. We're all creating the art we want in the world, the change we want in the world. And in order to be able to do that more, one good way to do that is by building a business from it. So I hope you really enjoy these first three episodes of the Grab Blogger podcast on content, on community, and on the change you want to put into the world. Um, I'd encourage you, if you have enjoyed them, to, to go to iTunes. Please rate and review the podcast. We'll help it get out to more people. And this is really just the start. I'm really excited. Grab Blogger is something I've wanted to do for over two years now. Um, and I'm just getting around to being able to do it now, now that I have my thesis done, now that my company is, is running. And just these conversations are, are really amazing. They need to be had and they need to happen so that researchers can change the world with their, with their experience and their expertise. So what's coming down the pipeline? We'll be doing more tools, more processes, more tips on how to build a business by blogging about your research. We're doing interviews. We'll be opening this dialogue about what it looks like to be an academic entrepreneur, what it looks like to start your own business, what the nuts and bolts might be, and really help you build a business and change the world by blogging about your research. If you have any questions or any topics you'd like to see in the podcast, in the upcoming episodes, you can go to this the show notes for this episode, Dust see dustsafetyscience.com that's my other podcast and we'll keep that in there because it's actually real live recording which you can probably tell if you can hear my son my six-month-old son crying in the background but that's the hopefully we'll be able to edit that out but that's really the difficulty with running a business from home with a with a six-month-old in the house but you can get the show notes at grabblogger.com slash three the number three for this episode so if you have any questions you have any comments please go leave them there we just want to celebrate you know, getting this thing out there in the world, if it really resonates with you, you can leave them there. And you can also leave any questions for the future episodes that we'll look to address and bring people on. If you want to read through the episode, we have the transcripts at the show notes as well, which you can download. And we have a cheat sheet with the top three tips that we covered here for changing the world with your blog and research. So thanks again for listening. If you are listening in sync as this comes out, stay tuned for next week for the next episode. And if you're listening to it in the future, press uh, next and, and catch the next bit of content. So thank you very much, and I look forward to talking soon.